0: I love that ad. I love that ad. I love that ad. Hello and welcome to another episode of I love that ad. Uh, joined as ever by my beautiful, now hair-cutted uh, colleague, Shane Brennan. How are you doing, Shane? I am. I am great. That's two. The last two you've presented, you've started with beautiful, and it's uh, that's just because just you are. Just, and and uh, listeners and viewers alike would agree. Um, gotten a fresh fade there. Uh, taking advantage of the restrictions being eased, I see. Yeah, no,
1: I uh, I did literally. I got it today. Um, delighted. Earliest place I go, new barber.
0: I'm pretty happy with the results. Um, so so. you're obviously playing intercounty now with a champo cut like that. (laughs) Mate, I've always been playing intercounty. County county four. (laughs) Oh Lord, Leitrim, Leitrim, the best county. Uh, Um, um, so this week's episode is all about ads that are in TV and film, and by that we mean ads that were created to be in a show or in a film. They're they're fake ads, but they're not spec ads. They're ads that are just filling the airspace, and and you'll see when we when we have a a couple of examples uh, of this. Now I have to say that one of our listeners is uh, is a bit of the inspiration for this. Uh, Paul Coley, he was one who. Right out of the bat when we started, I love that ad, was suggesting we do something along those lines, and it's a, it's a seed that has grown, and eventually we are now actually doing an episode based on it, and the more we thought about it, Shane, I think the more we kind of got a bit excited about doing ads that aren't in the real world.
1: Yeah, like, it's a weird one, because obviously these type of ads are made with films and stuff like that, so they, they're they usually used to drive plot on or narrative, or just be an easter egg. So. You kind of ignore them. So until we started, I started thinking about this, I was like, what? I knew there was loads, but I couldn't put my finger on a single one until I started thinking about it. And then I got quite excited about it because there is so much. And it's always, <laughs> it's always like filmmakers or TV makers taking the piss out of what they make or what they're asked <laughs> to make or what other people make. You know what I mean? It's like, how do we do the most kind of patronizing thing a lot of the time? It can, they just take the piss. It's,
0: it's. I just love it. It's always tongue in cheek. It's always and more than likely of, a lot of lot of directors would have probably worked in advertising to begin with. A lot of film directors have an advertising commercial background. Yeah, because it's the easiest route to 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 get the rent paid when you're when you're starting out. Yeah, completely. So I think there's a lot of kind of like.
1: When they were making stuff, it's like, oh, I'd love to make the, I'd love to make the ad like this. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like they get to just kind of poke fun at the whole situation,
0: as well as maybe use the cliches that they were they were forced to go down. Yeah. Maybe uh, when they're in the career,
1: or even embrace it, or even like you know overdo stuff that they do like to do, but just to be like, let's see how far we can push this. So it is fun because it's a they're making it for themselves. They could mm. put on, on any TV and movie, they could put anything in there, but they're making that ad for the filmmaker is or the scriptwriter is making that for themselves they went out of the way to put that in there and not something else because it says something for them which is great
0: cool. bit yeah it's a little um, bit it's a
1: little kind of insight that you don't really get to see in massive blockbuster stuff but um it's similar to like easter eggs when a filmmaker will hide important things in the background but no one in the studio had to sign off on any of that like it's it's truly what the director wanted to show you like if there's a poster in the background or a book and they're like yeah this was influenced by this even though it was bastardized after this is important to the viewers mm-hmm. you know what i mean so i just think it's cool to get that insight and kind of knowledge it's kind
0: of like. a, it's it's a visual it was a, it's a visual uh, uh version of of the radio stations from grand theft auto uh at grand theft auto yeah 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 yeah, yeah. so the ads you <laughs> could you could have called out the, all the ads
1: on that like i actually yeah, completely forgot there's like three games of infinity like uh, radio stations I love when you used to be able to complete a radio station and then you'd move on to the you next one. To you'd, all place, of it on, on loop. you'd listen, it'd start to loop on you and you're like, okay, I've heard, I've heard all this before. But, but this went the,
0: back to the old days when it was it was still the helicopter wow. down version of it. That'd be like, There were still the radio GTA, stations there.
1: Ra- GTA radio ads. The, our favourite GTA <laughs> radio ads. That's one for the future, folks. One for the future.
0: I'll, um, uh, I'll lash it. I'll crack out the old uh, PS2 and get, get, get cracking on the old games. Get some vintage ads in there. Um. Right. Well, let's let's jump straight into it then, just in case any viewers uh still don't know what we're going with. So, so Shane, give us an intro to your ad, and then we'll have a quick look.
1: Yeah. Okay. So my ad, I kind of uh went to. I think one of the first times I really noticed this kind of fake ad or, or or filmmakers taking the piss out of a situation, and um, it's from it's a from a I don't know if anyone kind of saw this in its entirety. Grindhouse which was uh, Robert Rodriguez and Quentin Tarantino in 2007 made two films to be shown together because it used to be called, um, when you show films back to back in like a drive-in movie theater, Grindhouse, and they could be gore or kind of um, really, uh, yeah, highly, highly violent kind of like sex in them and stuff like that. So those two directors wanted to do something. So it was Planet Terror and Death Proof. So they were originally made to be put together. Now I know later they got split because I, the idea didn't really work with audiences, but I got to see it as the piece by itself. I was in New York in 2007 when it had just come out. Um, and these, the, the fake trailer I'm about to show in the middle of it was one of the moments where I was like, this is, this is one of the best things. I, I, I thought they were real for a minute. And then after I saw a couple more, I was like, oh, this is, they, these have just made more films. <laughs> To take the piss out of this whole situation, <laughs> it's amazing. So the one I'm about to show show is uh, "Machete." Um, by Robert this Robert Rodriguez did this trailer, so I'm gonna put this up.
0: machete 70 dollars a day for the yard work 100 for roofing get in 125 for septic have you ever killed anyone before as you may know illegal aliens such as yourself are being forced out of our country at an alarming rate for the good of both our people our new senator must die and for that I will pay you 150,000 dollars cash. He was given an offer he couldn't refuse. I cost the most, because I'm the best there is. Set up, double-crossed, and left for dead. I took a vow of peace, and now you want me to help you kill all these men? Yes, bro. I mean, Padre, I'll see what I can do. He knows the score. Where are my wife and daughter? He gets the women. Peace. And he kills the bad guys. Oh, shit. you
1: the Mexican day labor is a goddamn federality.
0: But they soon realized coming after us. They just fucked with the wrong Mexican. <laughs> Action. Me Suspense. Emotion. Please, Father. Have mercy. God has mercy. I don't. You're going to hire Machete to kill the bad guy. You better make damn sure the bad guy isn't you. Machete. Rated X. (sighs) That's intense. (laughs)
1: Yeah. Right? So... I saw that in the thing and I I was like, is it real? Is it not real? What is this? So a lot of people are going and probably shouting, but like, oh, Machete was made in 2010. Machete was only made in 2010 after this fake trailer was completely made in a silo. And then Robert Rodriguez enjoyed making the the trailer so much he wanted to make a feature out of it. Wow. So
0: So is this this the trailer that was for the fake film or for the real film?
1: This trailer was for the fake film, the Grindhouse. Because it came out, um, yeah. This is the grind, the the one from Grindhouse. So like, they I don't even know what the trailer. I didn't even see the real Machete. I didn't watch that in two thousand ten. But this is the one, the real one. And like, that trailer so outrageous. Like, that can't be a real trailer. The amount of stuff they have in it, like the lines, the lines are amazing. It's it's he's completely going above the top to be like, he said himself. So essentially, Robert Rodriguez, when he hired Danny Trejo for um, Desperado, he was like, he's such a cool, badass Mexican. He is like, we should have like a version of him where he's like Jean-Claude Van Damme or Charles Bronson. And He puts out a movie every single year, like James Bond, and he's just being a badass. And um, he was like, what was his his line was like when um, was it when? is it John Woo makes like Asian films for Asian people? It makes you want to be Asian. He was like, I want to make something that makes people want to be Latin or be a Mexican. That's <laughs> <was> what <laughs> Robert Rodriguez said. So he goes, I want it to be all about that. And um, yeah, essentially. So after Grindhouse came out, he then announced that he was making Machete because he finally was going to do it after he made this. So he got the taste for it. He'd come up with the idea years ago and then he was like, fuck it. We need to make fake trailers and um
0: then when he you made know what the fake trailer i had a massive it. um and I, I obviously this came afterwards. sharknado came afterwards but i had i had that air of is this is this real no this this can't be real but like that becoming a thing where you're and, doing something so you're deliberately jumping the shark because yeah, people are like as, oh my god i can't believe this is a real thing
1: like and that was the thing for me this was the first time i'd ever seen someone really do this this was the height of irony to be like take the fucking piss out of this whole situation because they'd made themselves this like Quarantino and Rodriguez anyway very um over-the-top directors You you do- call him Quarantino Is that- <laughs> <laughs> like, you know, Quirantino, Quirantino. I'm coining that now Quirantino. you're on nickname terms with each other right? <laughs> Quirantino. Quirantino. <laughs> Jesus. um that's just more my mind falling apart um so like I just think like they're so over the top anyway. So I think they were just like, fuck it. Let's just, let's just do it. Um, Like I'm pretty sure in, in Grindhouse then as well, like you had uh, like Werewolf Women of the SAS was another one, which was directed by Rob Zombie, who would make, um, who's from, I forget the name of the band, but a guitarist who turned director who made zombie films. Um, Edgar Wright. Sean the Dead fame made one called Don't a horror trailer you then had yeah, Eli Roth you know who's um, he pair, plays what do they call it in Glorious Bastard is the Bear Jew is that what they call him mm. he he does horror films as well did he not do Hostel and stuff like that that's all his stuff he did a trailer for this as well so
0: these were all trailers that were back to back trailers in between the two back to back films there you go so there's a series of trailers yeah, yeah there's a oh, series presence, of trailers and
1: Machete is the one that I was like it would seem the most believable. The other is actually is what convinced me that these weren't real. You know what I mean? Right. Okay, it was like yeah. that one seemed the most. When they played it first, I was like, "Oh, interesting," because also it's the first experience you have with this fake trailer in this grindhouse. And then they play more, and you're like, "Oh no, these these can't be real." <laughs> There's no the penny first dropping. That. Yeah, exactly. Whereas that, Machete, the, the mic hadn't dropped yet, but you're kind of like, "I can't believe they've just shown." Like they've just cursed in a trailer. I was like, I don't think you can curse in a trailer. <laughs> you know what I mean? And like to have the, Cheese uh, Moran in it as like, as a priest. Like that line. That Please forgive brilliant. me, Father. Oh, God has forgiveness. I don't.
0: <laughs> like the, that's, uh, the voiceover artist. Can we just have a, a it's, moment of it's silence for... It's, it's everything that you'd love to be able to record for The Crack. But you can't. But they did. Yeah, uh, and exactly. they just, just just went for it. Um, excellent choice. I think we'll all have to probably watch that real machete now, and see. Uh, yeah, I think see what, the see real was machete
1: like. was Lindsay Lohan not in it. Is that not like a famous
0: last Lindsay Lohan
1: thing? <laughs> Lastly, oh,
0: she's still going.
1: <laughs> so I just googled machete and the Wikipedia of just what a machete is. Coming up, and the film should have tried to do some SEO around that. Um, we give him a shout? <laughs> Robert De Niro's in it. Jessica Alba, Steven Seagal. Oh wow! Is in it. Don Johnson, Lindsay Lohan, knew it.
0: Don um, Johnson's in it. Don Johnson,
1: Brilliant. epic. Um, yeah, actually, do you know what? We might watch this. We might do a viewing party thing. Look, you should look at the poster, the lobby card. Robert De Niro's down at the bottom, holding two handguns like this. <laughs> it's pretty amazing. <laughs> okay Uh, yeah so that was um that was machete uh the fake trailer that became a film um and i i just adore that i adore that story i just think it's fun i just love the fact that he had an idea he didn't even make the film he just made the trailer and then that inspired him to actually make the film so that's good crack i I love it that
0: that is good crack um okay then we'll move to move to my next one and uh, again i'm going to I'm gonna really be lazy this week. Uh, and this one, this one was also suggested by Paul Cawley, and it's probably one of the best ones. So, I'm just gonna use his suggestions on this. So, cheers, Paul, for for forget digging me out of the hole in this this episode. Uh, so mine is from um a film, a, a classic from two thousand early two thousand and one. Uh, what women want, and it is uh. It is the infamous pitch scene. So we'll uh, we play it there whenever you're ready there, Shane. You don't stand in front of a mirror before a run and wonder what the road will think of your outfit. You don't have to listen to its jokes and pretend they're funny in order to run on it. It would not be easier to run if you dressed sexier. The road doesn't notice if you're not wearing lipstick, does not care how old you are. You do not feel uncomfortable because you make more money than the road. And you can call on the road whenever you feel like it, whether it's been a day or even a couple of hours since your last day. The only thing the road cares about is that you paid a visit once in a while. Nike. No games, just sports. Here we go. That that's mel. <laughs> I adore that movie. So,
1: that movie um along with um what's the Efron one?
0: Uh 13 going on No, that's nope. that's uh Similar. Was the one where
1: Yeah, what's it called?
0: Matthew Perry is suddenly his Yeah. Him.
1: Yeah, what's it called? How do I not know this? I it's don't know. One it's it's, it's her favorite film chain. appearances Shane. of Matthew Perry in a <laughs> film
0: uh, Zach Efron's playing, yet again, another basketball character. All right, okay. Real, this is like a real diverse fresh, in fairness, role in at the fairness to Zac,
1: hold on. This was like Zach's <laughs> first role at a high school musical.
0: So give so him a they, bit So they break. really pushed him. They really pushed him. Uh, 17 again. 17, 17 again. again.
1: 17 again and What Women Want are one of those films I could just watch every single day. They're <laughs> great films. I don't know why. I don't know what, what it is with the script structure. I don't know what it is the way it's done. They're just enjoyable. I just really enjoy them.
0: Um, my uh, my guilty pleasure on that on along those lines is How to Lose a Guy in Ten Days, uh, classic McConaughey.
1: Not failure to launch, no.
0: No, no, get out of here, get out of here. Has to be uh, Kate Hild- Hudson or nothing. Um, anyways, back to the Nancy Meyer classic that is What Women Want. Uh, that that ad uh, was obviously for for Nike, as as you're probably meant to announce. Uh, except us Irish like to say Nike. All, mm-hmm. all the time. Um, the bit that we didn't actually see there in that scene is is the room full of uh advertising executives. They're actually from Nike. The three ladies in in the pitch room, and I thought that was pretty cool that people from Nike, they weren't actually actresses as part of the clients. The, actually the three the women
1: that we see that he's talking to.
0: Yeah, they're yeah, actually uh they're actually Nike executives um as opposed to just actors mm-hmm. uh filling the role. But I just think it's a great ad um great film, it, it, more layers <laughs> there you go, it's like an onion yeah. it's like an onion Um. and when we were going through the research on this, there was probably a good few good few honourable mentions I think that, that just didn't quite make the cut and you could be, as you said at the top of this episode Shane, you could be here for ages going through all the different types of ads but give us a quick rundown of some of your honourable mentions that uh, you thought would also be worth people having a look at
1: well before just before we go into that just on just on that film um just a few things on that scene if we're willing to to digress
0: (laughs) also you have some hot takes here love it
1: is he meant to be the voiceover and have they just shot the thing and are they presenting it without a vo instead of a professional i've thought about this so much (laughs) is that a spec that they're just trying to win the overall
0: business with is it the actual ad that they're pitching you should run this? Or yeah. is this like or a have spec asm? Have, have we make for something this? like this? Or
1: is the advertising agent invested in making a spec ad? We've got a big pitch with Nike, we want them to change brand direction. Here's what we're gonna do. We'll just go out and shoot it at really high quality but not pay for a VO?
0: Now we're we're gonna have to we're gonna have to watch the film to actually get the answer, but if we're speculating here, I reckon it's it's they're pitching for the creative and they've done a spec ad and that's yeah. for it. Okay. Weird
1: though. For him to
0: do the VO. Cause, or a baller pitch Because move they might that go. works.
1: We actually want you to do the VO. <laughs> <laughs> so. Uh, and I don't know if a male voice. Would be the right VO. For that ad. And his timing
0: has to be perfect. In the room. <laughs> <That'd be perfect. laughs> if That's he's so off. Difficult. If he's off at all. It's going to be a black screen. And he still has three lines to read.
1: Yeah. And he just, he just falls over.
0: Actually, oh, yeah. that, that that does remind you, we, we did that once before, where we read the VO over a script in a in a in a pitch, and it is hard to do right. It took it pr- it took hours of, of practice along with the music for the timings we for us to get it right. Yes,
1: yes, we did. If that's the one you're talking about. Yes, that is. but it works though. It works. It, it but works. Not but easy. It, is, it is tough. <laughs> Because you speed up
0: (laughs) when you're actually in the room because you're a bit more nervous and you keep going and then suddenly, oh, the music's not where it should be. It is a bit weird "Ah, in the room when you stand up and you start doing it and people are like, what's this now? (laughs) And the other
1: thing is, this is one of the films that made me consider advertising as a career. Really? Yes, because I was like, so you just make, you can make like good ads and just work with cool brands. I was like this like it, it was the first it was the first movie that introduced advertising as a real job yeah you would, like, been, you would have been you have been around shit.
0: 11 or 12 when this came out so but for it to
1: come out in Ireland I wouldn't have gone cinema to see this but it would have been VHS extra vision 2003 2000, uh, come f- films came
0: about four years later back then in Ireland yeah, yeah, so yeah so that shipped like them over
1: 2004 <laughs> you know what I mean so I'd already yeah I was already kind of starting to like photography and stuff and I was like wait a minute and like Mel Gibson's got his shit together he's not some crusty he's got uh, he like was, he was Braveheart for us no, no 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 I mean in the film like the character who works in advertising the uh, big like, fancy sl- sl- office glad. it's not like he's living in squalor you know what I mean <laughs> he's got He's he's got his shit together and uh, I was like okay that's interesting um i like to think this room is very similar to his apartment but uh, <laughs> but yeah no i've I've uh, I've uh i'm a big fan of that pick thank you paul cawley aaron can't wait for you to actually suggest one you one of your own but uh yeah
0: thanks paul uh right back to honorable room mentions Sorry. then shane yes the uh, big one
1: for me and I, I have so many as as i've already kind of called out those other the grindhouse ones the big one for me like my head went too straight on this is um and i don't know um I don't know if this is a popular show. I know it's a popular show for me, but I don't know if generally it's popular, if that makes sense. Um, Rick and Morty, the interdimensional cable. Um, so, like, it's essentially their version of doing um, a clip episode. So instead of doing clip episodes from... Um, flashbacks you know, other, and stuff like flashbacks that. Flashbacks and stuff like that, they just made interdimensional cable where the characters do nothing and sit down and put on this, inter- like this tv and they just flip between the tv shows so they're kind of you get see some ads and then like 30 seconds of a potential th- tv show that you're like and they change so you don't know where it goes um and i just love that that is like it's it it, it doesn't that's really the writers
0: make... having just a bit and there's like let's just let's just go to town this we don't need to write a script that progresses the rick and morty show at all let's exactly, just get all like, our jokes out like through some this people, medium like, of cable like,
1: yeah let's invent a toothpaste called like whatever you know what I mean just make it up and have it do what have it mean ants crawl in your eye like just just <laughs> literally just doing what it's like they got really high and we're like I couldn't be arsed writing this episode let's do bits of episodes of different um, things that have nothing to do it's very busy it's the lazy funny way to be like oh you were expecting us to turn in an episode of this show that fucking millions of people watch We've not done that because they did do another version, which is memory based. And even in the episode, they reference it's like we're not doing Interventional Cable this season. We're doing this is kind of a replacement. It becomes a, ru- a running bit, doesn't it's it? It's a bit like they know yeah. what they're doing. So um, all of Interventional, if anyone hasn't hasn't seen the episodes, if you just Google it, like Rick and Morty, everything is online. There's like I'm seeing here on YouTube best moments in Interventional Cable. Just watch it. Um, difficult to understand out of context but just understand that they are all made in a silo and they're completely fake they have nothing to do with anything (laughs) which i think is amazing so like that's kind of my big honorable mention someone who really has embraced that
0: brilliant um right then we'll give uh one more yeah one more
1: in community the green say the greendale ad that they have to reshoot in like season four so the whole you know episode is about the darkness where the dean becomes um oliver stone yeah yeah yeah, uh, yeah right yeah, yeah. so essentially they're replacing an old ad and troy does this this guy <laughs> 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 that original trail is a very very funny great fake ad as well from like the 90s That's great yeah
0: um my honorable mention is uh and it might be the first time we've mentioned Mad Men in this podcast series. And I know you're mm. you're probably a shiver is going up your spine, mm. as as we say that um, it's not a pitch without a Mad Men meme. Uh, <laughs> no, but there's um, there is the, the classic of all time though the fake ads of the carousel, the Kodak Carousel, um, where Kodak are pitching for the the slideshow projector, uh, the creative uh, business around, and Don Draper does this immense. A uh, memory nostalgia based uh, pitch on the machine, um, that that makes people cry in the room, and then uh, <laughs> some smart art character I can't remember the name and just turns around, once they turn back on the lights after the slideshow, swings over to the to the clients and just looks them and goes best luck in your next meeting, <laughs> like they're meant to be the clients you're trying to win yeah, and you're just arts. like this. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah again uh, YouTube. Uh, uh, mad men carousel um it's it's, it's a great example of 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 an ad um then we have a, a new segment we're gonna a trial just to, to finish out the show uh which is uh we're st- still a working title but uh we're thinking things you need to know uh just a quick update on things in the industry that uh might've, might have might have missed um but uh that are something that that we think uh, everyone should know about uh, at this time. So Shane's going to give us our first need to know this week.
1: Yeah, so we're just trying this out. It's more just kind of information based. If I mean, you might have heard stuff being mentioned in meetings, and you're kind of maybe a bit more information on it. So the big thing I'm just going to talk about, very briefly, is essentially the big fucking fight between Facebook and Apple at the minute now between app tracking transparency. So Apple have come out and essentially. Allowed everyone with iOS fourteen point five to turn off app tracking, which is they're they're promoting as a big thing, like to benefit privacy, etc. Which is great. And in advertising, it is an absolute shit show on Facebook targeting. It is decreasing all your cookie pools, all your audience sizes. It is um, like you can't retarget as many people anymore. You can't um, like you can't trust any of the iso like if you're doing an app download campaign you can't trust the data they're giving you it's estimated so now is I, that
0: across all iso data or just ios 14 so it's ios 14 and above
1: but the uptake i think is 75 at ios 14 so it's okay. eventually not going to matter do you know what i mean um so like the the thing with it is usually you might have heard maybe the digital people in your agency talking about this and not know what it is it's going to have a massive impact if any of your clients do a significant amount of spend on like more transactional stuff on facebook like clicks and things like that look it's not the end of the world but it's more that kind of retargeting shopping fashion like anything where you hit shop now and you want like information from an app you want to retarget them with stuff off the back of that this is this has not been good and like we've seen some interesting stuff just with a few clients where we thought apple would fall off a cliff but i think based on the panic of people thinking they can't see what's going on in apple brands have taken all their money and just promoted it into android so now android has gotten more expensive because the audience has stayed the same size but more money particularly in the uk has gone into it so that's just one thing we're seeing um so it's more just to kind of flag, if you don't know what's going on with the app tracking transparency and you're working in advertising and anything to do with digital or any of your clients of anything to digital, look it up, just be versed on it, that it is going to have an impact on them. And it's going to be an ongoing conversation now as Facebook and Apple have this kind of back and forth. Um, and it's going to make app tracking transparency a hot like a hot button for the next while because it's going to impact so many bu- so many businesses um, who advertise digitally there's one conversation around they think potentially Facebook's going to end up brands are going to start to pull their money away from Facebook to do direct response conversions completely and just use it for branding um, but this is all speculative no one knows how this is going to go this is only like really kicked in in the last two weeks so it's more just if you, if you don't know about it or you haven't heard about it you're going to hear about it so look it up um, Great. essentially it will affect um, a lot of things
0: thanks for that Shane uh, appreciate it uh, it feels like uh, talking to a correspondent or something sorry like that, you I know I went your through name because and where you are I'm all joking and
1: when we talk about stuff we love but when it comes down to business <laughs> yeah but
0: the way you describe that there is like I, I'm telling you, look it up because I've gone through the frustration of having to figure this out <laughs> by looking at the figures in real time. No, I mean like <laughs> the reality that came through who there. Runs an, an ad manager account, Facebook has been giving them
1: notifications about this. They well, have. As of like a week ago, they now have a big red one saying, this is Apple are going to negatively impact your business. Wow, like yeah. They've been trying to prep everyone, but I imagine there's an awful lot of um, account directors and stuff like that who do not know how to run an ad manager account with their clients.
0: Because you, really, you only really see the rubber hitting the road when you're actually in the business manager pages of, uh, yeah. uh, of, of the, the back end of Facebook. And if
1: you thought that this might have been impacting your campaigns, but you're seeing a downturn, and maybe talk to your client about what they're seeing on their side, because all your iOS data is not necessarily 100% correct anymore. Mm-hmm. So it's a good time to touch base with your client and kind of see what they're seeing. Um, because I think a lot of people are, potentially might get caught out um, on this. Right. Just not... True, any fault of their own but just saying the wrong thing in a meeting and not just understanding what it is
0: and as as ever uh, with, with any topic that crosses anyone who's listening or watching this if there's any questions or you want to talk to, to, to Shane or myself drop us a note on social or, or, or email yeah. uh, and I'll send you uh, a so, Google link <laughs> <laughs> let me google that for you Uh, right we'll we'll wrap it up there Shane thanks very much uh, uh, as ever Um, loving the fate Um, (laughs) and we will see everyone uh, next week if you uh, were listening and want to see any ads go to workwithfo.e for slash podcast where all the videos are up there uh, as well until next time bye bye see you guys